Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with me, D. Klein. Today's episode is brought to you by the Koi Network. Koi makes minting NFTs super easy and inexpensive. Just drag and drop your file using their NFT wallet, Finny, and Koi takes care of the rest. Minting costs as little as one cent, so you can create as many NFTs as you want. And when they're viewed by other people, you even earn Koi tokens that you can use to fund your next series. Check it out at koii.network. Bianca Starr, welcome to NFT. I'm so glad you could join me today. I'm so glad to be here. Very excited. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so we're enjoying the soothing sounds of a leaf blower in the background. The soothing lullaby of the young leaf blower across the street at 3 p.m. Because that's the time that you pick to leaf blow, right? So I'm curious, though. Mm-hmm. You're saying 3 p.m. is a bad time to, to do that? I'm curious. What would you, you know say? You know what? What's the optimal leaf blowing time? Okay. So... I'm going to be honest here. No one likes it. Yeah, right. When I'm not recording something, number one. But no, you know how no one really likes it in the morning, right? No, 8 a.m. is not a good time. But it's like 11. It's like 11 a.m. is good, right? Because it's like Mm -hmm. people are gone. There's this weird thing where like people are still working before they have lunch. Like 11 a.m. is the perfect time to leave flow. It's not 3 p.m. Right. On top of that, he's doing the sporadic, like intermittent. Like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> commit Either which is much more irritating right when it's intermittent it was just, it was just a constant white noise <laughs> exactly so, that whatever then it's a white noise but no it's not oh my so, goodness so you are uh, i first ran into you at a twitter spaces with koi who yeah. we were just talking about and it was funny because the spaces started and i was just yapping with random people in it and we weren't really like talk about anything in particular and then you just took charge you're like all right so everybody we're gonna be talking about this today and i'm like oh yeah we probably should actually kind of have a topic here for people to listen to (laughs) so you're good you were taking charge it was good (laughs) the thing is like there's so many new projects there's so much new things happening that i think people when they're in the world they forget that so many people don't even know the basics of what they're talking about though they want Mm -hmm. to and so i i find it like my duty i swear to come into every because i love i i love being the person who who exposes people to amazing things like that's my role i see um and so I, i people forget when they're so in it embedded in it that we don't even know what you're talking like what is coin network like literally what is coin network and the beauty about twitter spaces is that you get so much organic um organic exposure to whatever yep. it is that you're talking about because people just come in and out and they have no idea and their friend is listening so they're like oh what is my friend listening to so you get so much of this organic reach where people are like i don't even know what an nft is what is coin network so I, I think it's just great to start from like always like to take a step back and start from step one. And when I when I've been a host of these like conferences and 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 uh, and um, host of these meetups, one thing that I oh here we go, Mr. Three PM. <laughs> I was waiting Thank for you, it. sir. I he's there. He, uh, going to be uh, right <laughs> up by your window in a minute. <laughs> right, right. But but one thing that I. Um, I always, I I would be on stage and then I would say this. I would say, I see my position in this industry as being the liaison between people who say, what is Bitcoin? (laughs) Okay. And (laughs) high level devs that are like, I don't want to talk about this thing that I'm making that's going to fundamentally shift the nature of our world because that's not my place, but let someone else talk about that. And I'm literally that liaison in between because I do Mm -hmm. understand things at a high technical level. Um, just because I take time and I love to study and I love to learn, but I also am able to just communicate, uh, across like many different, like a variety of dialects and people speaking in different ways. Like I can go in multiple levels because I, I love it and, and I want to be able to communicate with many different people. So I take that time to do so. So right. in, in summary, long-winded, LOL, in summary, yeah, it's just important to explain like, what is even going on? Like, who are you? What do you do? Why is this important? So my question to you is when you're hosting these spaces, 
How often mm-hmm. do you feel like, you know, you've got to like reset the room, they say, you know, so that people who do hop in kind of are like, okay, what are these people talking about? Because I've found sometimes, you know, a conversation can get kind of long winded about a certain topic and you'll have, you know, 10, 15 people drop in and they have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So what do you recommend? So it all just depends, right? Because there's mm-hmm. so, at this time, Twitter spaces is just this ball of pure potential. It's so beautiful and sure. it's so malleable and you can make it anything. So there's different, I'm seeing that there's a diff, there's there's different kinds of rooms, right? There's a room that has like a specific topic and those topics seem to be going along the lines of like AMAs, right? Or like, what is this project about? Or let me show this project. Like they have like a yep. specific either we're talking about a project, we're shilling our projects, we're having a specific interview, or we have a certain topic in mind. So those ones, you're going to want to reset the room quite often, right? Because you you want to make sure that people understand what you're talking about and why it's important. But then there's like the other rooms that are just wild. Like I have rooms that I host with the Bitcoin baddies. That's what we call ourselves. And we're just a collection of like hot girls. Yes. Yes. Hot (laughs) girls who like take the NFT um, community by storm by really just making it fun and entertaining. And like in the daytime, it's very serious and it's very knowledgeable. And we're talking about tech and in the nighttime, the Bitcoin baddies love to come in and just like break that whole, that whole idea up that it has to be serious all the time. And we just make it really fun, making a lot of jokes. Are you a Bitcoin daddy? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like just like really making it like light and fun. And it's like, doesn't have to be that serious all the time. So those rooms, why would you ever want to reset it? Because the conversation is so organic and it's flowing so well. And you can, you hit so many different topics. So why why reset something that's amazing? Right. You mentioned in one of your tweets, the idea like there's some rooms you've been in that were like so cringy. You felt like you had to like take a shower afterwards. Oh, Oh, my God. So, so us and that the Bitcoin baddies, we also love a clickbait moment. Okay. We're not going to lie about it. We love a clickbait moment. So we do these rooms. um, Beautiful women connect with nerds. Beautiful women console crypto men in a down market. So we have these rooms that we like. They're clickbaity and they're fun, but woo! some of the people that will come into this room. So beautiful women connect with crypto nerds was the topic. And usually Mm -hmm. it's fun. It's just a cute little conversation, a little flirty, a little just like everything. It's just playful. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. serious. Sometimes it's serious even. And sometimes we do learn something, but usually it's just playful. But this one, (sighs) I mean, we had people talking about, I can't, I I don't feel comfortable (laughs) even saying it. Okay. Okay. I will push the, I love going to the limit of things because like, I thought I find humans fascinating. I am not, I am not, um, I'm not easily shocked. I've lived life when I was 20. Um, I made a decision that I was going to move to another continent by myself. And all Mm -hmm. I had was a hostel booked and I went for it. So I'm, I'm risky. I'm in crypto. Right. So I love risk. And, and, and so I love that kind of like outskirts of like what I'm willing to take, man, I, someone was talking about, I don't even, I don't even want to say it. They were talking about (laughs) stuff in their mouth and this and that. And it was, I literally left. I clicked the leave. I said, I'm I'm not even saying anything. I'm just leaving. You were like one of the hosts and you're like, I'm out of here. Literally, literally. Like I was like up there for a reason on the panel. I wasn't a host, but I was up there okay, at, okay. at well known in the the Bitcoin baddie. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm I'm you know one of them, right? You could you could uh, say sure. I'm synonymous with Bitcoin baddie Bianca. You could see those two having a relationship, and I was like, no, I gotta go. Can't do it. Can't take it. I'm stressed out. My I, my cheek. I was blushing alone in my room. I was I, alone. I was alone. No one. Why am I blushing? No one's here. <laughs> but I was. Sir. <laughs> Well, so, and on the flip side, you know, in terms of all these spaces you've been in, you're working with uh, David Gokstein, and of course, this is yes, kind of a big deal, G right? Media. Tell me about this. So, the thing about David that I love is that he is willing to say what needs to be said, at least from his opinion, right? Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't shy away from having a controversial conversation, from having a controversial right. opinion, from having people up on his stage on his personal account that disagree with him. And it has Mm -hmm. like, it it just, the the dynamic is so great because there'll be differing opinions and arguments per se, but it's still respectful. And it still at the end of the day moves the conversation forward. And I Mm -hmm. love that about that. And I also love that I can be me. Like 
the one thing that I, I, I'm really uh, inspired by about the NFT and crypto scene is that I can be 100% myself. And that's a dynamic mm. woman at the end of the day. Like I said, like I'm part of the Bitcoin baddies and the Bitcoin baddies, there's a sexual nature to it. There's a um, clickbaity over the top, like maybe like, like sensationalism to it. And, and mm -hmm. I can exist in that space, but I can also exist in a space where I, I can talk about like the technical aspects of, of NFTs and why I like that. And I can be taken serious in that regard, but I can also be taken in a light and entertaining way. And, and the thing about working with G Media is they're allowing me to be just that, exactly who I am uh, to present in the way in which I present best, which is authentic to me. And I am a dynamic woman. So I, I have to bring that to what I do because at the end of the day, I think what we learned after 2020, this great reset is that like, there's no differentiation between your personal life and your and your career because there, it bleeds mm. into the same thing. It, sure. it, it always bleeds into one another. You can try mm. and make these distinctions and there's certain things that live over here and live over here. But at the end of the day, they're always going to bleed. And, and I love David and I love what he's doing and what he stands for. So I was like, of course, I'm going to work with you. And so, yeah, I'm hosting my first Twitter space with um, G Media uh, tonight. And NFT time is the is the name of it. Where I spill the latest like tea, tea on the like NFT spilling community. The tea, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. you got to spill the tea. I, yeah. I love every day. I love to look at the news because I want to be on the pulse. I want to see how, how and what is influencing the nature of NFTs and where it's going to go because it is new. And although it has maybe, maybe it seems like there's a structure to it or it seems like it's going in a particular direction. I don't believe that's true. I think that uh, it's so innovative and it's a ball of pure potential that it can shift and change at any moment. Sure. And I'm really excited about that. And so I love to keep my, my finger on the pulse. I love to check out the news every day and see, okay, what's happening? Where are people gravitating towards? What are the new things popping up? And the fun thing mm -hmm. about NFT news is that it's these independent news sources too. Sometimes you get the Forbes and you get the Washington Post. Yeah, but you sure. you also get these independent news sources that just popped up that want to cover NFT news. And so you get these right to the source stories um, before they blow up into something big. And I've even broke news because of the way in which I... I um, use news aggregators to find different stories. I broke news before these big, you know, NFT Mark Cuban's NFT page on, on Instagram. And so it's just fun for me to, to always have my, my finger on the pulse and to make sure that, that I know how it's innovating because I love trends. I love watching trends and I love uh, sharing it with people. Um, I meant to ask you, like what uh, you mentioned aggregators, what tools do you use in order to kind of, I find it's like, there's so much, like there's so much news flowing at you on a daily basis you know, it's hard to sift through it all. Like, what do you use as a tool to kind of stay on top of it all? I think it's opposite. I, I don't think there's enough news. I don't think there's enough. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of regurgitation. There's mm. a lot of regurgitation of the same sensationalism. Justin Bieber bought a board eight for over, yeah. you know, 400 ETH over uh, over um, list or floor yeah, price. By the way, was, no, yeah. no. But by the way, I have a whole, I people are Let's sleeping. Okay, I will in a second. But what I'm, but but I'll answer your question first. I love to use um, the Google News app, and I love to okay. type in NFT at the top, and it literally just aggregates anything that has NFT in the title of it. And so mm -hmm. I can see it pulls from literally everywhere that has NFT in anywhere in their news source. And then I just flip through them. I see, okay, what are the stories? And I, I and try to see, I try to see at like at least fifty of them just to make sure that I'm that I'm going through all of the potential stories. Sure. I, yep. If people have broken the news already, or if it's being talked about, I don't like to just reiterate it. I like to at least either see it from a different angle, see it as a, like, how can I further this story in like a whole mm -hmm, ecosystem mm -hmm. of where the NFT market is going? Or I try to find like really interesting and new stories that can be told. Awesome. But, Did you know okay, I wrote for, this is what I have to say about Justin I, Bieber. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna ask if you knew that I wrote for a uh... Cointelegraph. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I did it. I love Coin yeah. Cointelegraph is excellent. I get a lot of my news from Cointelegraph. Telegraph. Yeah, I haven't been writing I for do. them lately because I'm too busy with NFTs. They're awesome though. They're awesome. And and it, yeah. the stories are really well told and really well researched. I really like Cointelegraph. Um, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. <laughs> so I do have to start. Yes, yes, it is. She's I do have to start mentally. with the, this is a tweet. This is a full belief that I have. 
the three most valuable currencies in the world. The third is monetary, aka what you spend, how you spend it, Bitcoin, fiat, all that stuff. They're all in the same category and it's monetary. The second is social currency, who you know, how you know them, and utilizing and leveraging that social currency, aka social clubs, aka board ape yacht club. And the first is privacy. Privacy. You people don't know people are sleeping on the, the, the value of privacy, they're going to see that because blockchain is fully transparent, they're going to see the value of privacy in two to three years, they don't see it yet, but it is the most valuable currency, but let's focus on currency number two social currency. So by Justin Bieber purchasing the board ape that called to him, even though it wasn't a floor price board ape and he had to negotiate for it. And what it wasn't he's very saying rare, is, like it's like 9,700 yeah, and something. It's like, not rare. Yeah. Another tweet that I had, rareness does not, the, the, the creators of the project do not dictate rareness. Rareness is dictated by first, the creators of the project. Second, counter rareness, AKA what was rare is no longer rare. What was, was no, what wasn't rare before is now rare. That's how we work. We, we do counter in this culture. Mm -hmm. And then third is social. So that gets me back to my point. He found a board ape that he related to, that he could build a brand around. And what do brands have at the core? They have values. They have a story. We, why do we love Nike? Because just do it. Why do we love Adidas? Mm -hmm. Because it's cool. There's a story. There's a brand. There's an identifier. He found a board ape that he could identify through, that he saw himself through, that he, he could relate to. Therefore, he can build a brand around it that is meaningful. It isn't just something random. He said, I can build a brand, a personal brand around this board ape. And also, my name is Justin Bieber. I hold so much social currency. So when I, if I choose to let this go, I've just set the floor price, not the high price. I've set the floor price at 500 ETH. And that's what people don't get yet. They will soon see that when these people with social currency, whatever we define as social currency, because it's malleable, it'll move and shift and change. But right now, when people with social currency are holding an NFT, people are going to say, I want that NFT because it used to be Justin Bieber's. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he also mentions that it's tied to a, a song. I think Lonely was the song. Yep. It kind of suited yep. that song, right? So then he ties yep. it back to, to his IP, right? Exactly his brand he's telling yeah. a story and there's going to be so much more value to that and the thing is yeah. like who knows what creative ways in which he's going to utilize this this board eight but there's definitely gonna he he's not a, he's not stupid and his advisors aren't stupid and the people who mm -hmm. help him handle his money aren't stupid exactly. so uh, people yeah. people saying oh my god he's so dumb for spending that y'all just don't know the full story <laughs> come on now you know the internet what was dumb too honey oh, <laughs> wasn't yeah. it I know, like you see these kind of jokes about NFTs now that are kind of deriding it. And I'm like, this feel, I wanted to actually do a little bit of Google searching for similar mockery of the internet when it was new. I never got around to actually looking, but uh, you know, I've I saw often a clip wondered, of, there's, there's gotta be a bunch out there, right? Of course, yeah. There's a, there's a clip of, um, of uh, Bill Gates on a interview with- David Letterman, yeah. Yes, and he, yes. He's, he's like this new thing called the internet and everyone's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> And then they're like, email? Why do, Why wouldn't you just mail them normally? Why, why wouldn't you, you just, just mail them? it to Well, you're crazy. And everyone's like, ah, ha, ha. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Little do you know, going to rake in my billions yeah. while you're laughing here. I don't know. I find it baffling. You know, I've talked about it a little bit before, but I find it interesting how much certain entities out there are just dumping the hate on NFTs. Like to me, it's like, you know, if, if it doesn't, if you don't think it's going to work, just be ambivalent about it. Like, why do you care? But it's like they're, forcefully like against it you know like one of that stands out to me the most probably is um uh, i don't know if you ever see it i, I used to look at kotaku all the time because i'm a gamer I've, I've played video games for years and okay so kotaku is one of the biggest like gaming websites and uh, i don't really game anymore but it, it, their hate for nfts is like intense how do you explain that a lot of gamers hate for nfts uh so i was following yeah. ubisoft and their transition into NFTs for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, and all the gamers and the pushback was like absolutely crazy. And to be honest, I was asking a lot of people on Twitter, what is this pushback? What is this hate? I try and find articles. Why are people pushing back? And it's simply because they do not have the understanding of what the underlying technology means. Everyone is mm -hmm. just talking about NFTs on the surface level, JPEGs. Sure. 
tradables. Yes. We crazy market caps. Board Ape Yacht Club has the same market cap as like huge institutions that have yes. been around for years and years. So people, they're they haven't they don't understand that it, it is the tokenization of digital assets right mm -hmm. they don't understand that it's a, the unique tokenization of something that lives on a blockchain that is not being told to them that is not being that is not being something that is researched and so they just assume that it's literally just a jpeg and that you own it somehow some way so it's it's the it's the misunderstanding not even just of nfts I would go back and say it's that people don't understand the power of blockchain and at the mm. core of my belief on how this world is going to be revolutionized is blockchain hey in cooperation with the coin network i am presenting atomic zombies by decline you can find these at atomiczombies.io We've got 10,000 zombies that will eventually be available, each with their own set of random generative characteristics. You can watch your zombies' characteristics unlock, emerge, and evolve as they receive more attention online powered by the Koi Network and proof of real traffic. Check it out at atomiczombies.io. I think there's also a fear there with like the notion of playing to earn and for a lot of gamers, that's kind of like, I think some gamers are fearful of the concept of playing to earn becoming more prevalent to the point that you maybe no longer will be able to just play for fun, right? Like that, you know, these games that are incorporating NFTs make it so that you essentially are trapped in this ecosystem that you don't necessarily want to be a part of. Why can't you play for fun and not, and still earn? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I see the comment. I see the comment where it's like, I don't want anything to do with play to earn. Then don't cash out your earnings. <laughs> just play. Um, just play then. When you when you rack up the money, send it to someone else. Yeah. I mean, the other one, of course, being the environmental argument, but it's like, uh, guys, you're playing video games on giant TVs with what, five, 600 watt power supplies? You know, Have you like, ever heard of, I'm sorry. Uh, has anyone ever heard of oil? The oil industry? Have we have we heard of cars? No, well, I'm just you saying, like you know, cars? Christmas lights. Christmas lights use an enormous amount of energy. People right? choose. Like, yeah, I, I I love that it is a discussion that's happening mm -hmm. on the forefront of a new industry because that means that we're woke to the fact that we have to respect our earth and we have to make um, eco decisions when we're making new technology. So smart, love that, good. But to say that that is like a hindrance is like, huh? What, if anything, this is like a beautiful experience. This is a beautiful way in which we can now figure out how to innovate and how to utilize green technology given a new huge industry that is reliant on energy. So how can we use the resources like solar, like water, like wind that we've been developing over time and integrate them into these new systems. So it's on one end, it's an amazing thing that this conversation is happening so early in a new industry. On the other end, it's like, if you're letting simple problems be what stops you from moving forward, then you're not an innovator. You're the person on the other end of the bell curve that's being dumped on. <laughs> yeah, so, you're, you're I mean, the, uh, the Luddite, I guess you could say. Exactly, you either gotta learn and figure out where you where you fit in or you're going to be left behind it's one of the two yeah you know on top of that like if you look at innovation like you look at how many blockchains there are already out there like say solana tezos you know so forth that mm -hmm. are they do like something like the amount of electricity cost of like a google search you know mm -hmm. or if you look at ethereum they're they're working on improving that it will be much more efficient within mm -hmm. a certain given amount of time how much time i'm not sure but mm -hmm. you know I don't know. It just feels like it's purposefully over. There's no way those people at those websites like Kotaku don't know that that's not actually as much of a problem as they're portraying it to be. In my opinion, it yeah. just seems disingenuous to me. Potentially it could be, Hey, Hey, competition. 
look at this is a problem. So slow down, make all of our stuff over here, get everything together, make sure we get it. And then when it's all clean and wrapped up, it's like go time. And then put a sticker eco-friendly on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, was there some story about Disney being on the Vive blockchain that just popped up today? I thought I saw something about that. Did you catch that? I didn't see that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think so. Let me just check real quick. Sorry. I know that Disney is Disney is like bullish as all heck on creating their own metaverse. They've done NFT drops already. So Disney is going, going, moving forward and quickly moving forward into this new blockchain and NFT world. Yeah. So yeah, Vive is the blockchain. And that's another one that's very light on the ecological footprint, I guess you could say. Would that be the mm -hmm. correct term for it? The carbon footprint, I guess would be the I right word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It seems kind of like, I, I think it might be what you're saying. There are people that are innovating in the background. In the meantime, they're going to say it's terrible until they're ready to be like, hey, look until what they're we ready have. To launch. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. Uh, you had a few announcements in your tweets that I was looking at. One of them was this Coachella thing. That was kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. That is amongst many. They're doing many different types of NFT drops, but I thought that that was the most interesting one because that has like some real utility backing. Um, and I know that people are like diehard Coachella fans. I've never been, nor do I love to be around sweaty people like packed in. <laughs> <laughs> not my vibe not my vibe can't no only no virtually way. on twitter spaces oh uh, not that either i'm an irl girl as much as i love i i genuinely obviously i love nfts oh i love blockchain i love twitter spaces i am an irl girl you can like my best and brightest is when i can connect in person um you know give a little i'm a touchy person so i'm giving you a little hand squeeze you know squeezing your little shoulder um that's that's the best but i don't need people touching me like too close okay <laughs> but <laughs> amongst amongst other nft drops this one had the most utility so i thought it was the coolest to bring up that yeah you get a lifetime pass if you were to purchase this that's, nft that's cool yeah. it is cool it's smart it's cool it's smart i don't know if they're going to do it auction style that would probably be in my mind that would probably be the best way to do it so you could run it up right um see who's interested in it um see how mm -hmm. much you can get for it uh but they have some other ones like i they're doing a collaboration um oh my goodness they're doing a collaboration with um I can't think of it right now. It's it's lost, but with mm -hmm. so, someone who's also moving and 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 shifting and changing in the the blockchain space, so they're really putting their foot into it and and taking it seriously. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, to yeah. See I'm kind of scrolling through, it. seeing if I can help you think of who it is, but I'm not sure either. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. So let's talk about you as a creator, though. Have you done anything creative in the NFT space yourself? Yeah. So okay. So my journey into nfts this could be a long-winded story so i'm gonna try and condense That's it fine. my journey into into <laughs> nfts started with my journey into crypto during 2020 um i found blockchain even though i'd heard of or excuse me i found bitcoin even though i'd heard of bitcoin back in 2013 because my friend was buying drugs online <laughs> so i'd heard of it already but a lot of people learned about it yeah a lot of people were, were, were slanging it so so 2020 about around um march I was mm -hmm. like, oh, Bitcoin, like this is interesting. So I threw some money into it. I was watching it go. I was moving it. And I went to this, to this, um, um, I do modeling and I do, um, you know, some acting and commercial work. So I went to a shoot for this like food thing and this girl was having her birthday and we needed some more, and we needed some more extras around the table. And so she sat next to me. Her name was Erica Gemma. And turns out we needed to just talk for B-roll. And um, we start talking. She starts talking to me about Bitcoin, about wallets. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have blah, 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 blah. And lo and behold, Erica Gemma taught, opened the first um, blockchain center in Miami in 2019. She taught Mayor Suarez about what Bitcoin is. She taught Michael Saylor about what Bitcoin is. And he laughed her out of his house. There's a video on Twitter all about it. And so this woman is like legit huge bitcoin in the scene like in the heart of it all and i'm sitting next to her and i'm like 
I feel the power from her immediately. And so I was like, I'm going to align myself with her completely. Whatever she needs, I'm going to do. And so she had a bunch of conferences coming up. And so I was like, I'll help you in any way. And so I just aligned myself with her. I ended up working like three or four conferences with her. Um, I started doing my own conferences where I would speak and, and um, educate people. This is when I started learning about NFTs. Um, I would went to the these Bitcoin meetups with all these maxis who've been in it since like 2013. And I was like, hey, have you heard of NFTs? And they're like, we don't talk about that here. And I was like, <laughs> oh my, I was like sorry. Sorry, Bitcoin only. I forgot. <laughs> um, but so there's so, another so, very fear, fierce line there for a very little reason, in my opinion. But oh anyway. my, those maxis go hard, right? Oh my God. She, I went to one of her, one of Erica's presentations at this. It was called, uh, excuse my French, the Shitcoin Conference, literally. Uh-huh. And um, I went to one of her presentations and it was called I Got Bullied by a Bitcoin Maxi. So funny. It was so funny. It was so smart. Um, and it was about like the toxic nature of like these Bitcoin Maxis just like doing way too much. Um, amazing. She's an amazing speaker. If you can ever see her um, speak, please do it. Erica Gemma. Um, so right. I, yeah, so, so I fell into the scene so aggressively with like the best and the brightest. And so I was able to go from, um, in my journey into NFTs, I went from what is an NFT, Gary V style, what is an NFT, to IPFS within one week. Like I went that deep. And so that's why I started speaking. That's why I started um, learning. And then um, before all of that, I had to play around with the technology, right? And so the first mm-hmm. thing I ever did in terms of NFTs was buy a one of one from a creator on Rarible. I was so bullish on Rarible because at this time I went to, at the time I went to OpenSea and it was literally stressful. It was like people were uploading pictures of them like eating and it was like 0.7 ETH, like literally. And it was like weird. (laughs) It was like super scrappy. The user interface was not good. It was so sketchy. So I was like, there's no way that this is going to be a good platform. And so I was super bullish on Rarible. And so I found this one of one art and I thought it was so beautiful. And so I bought it. It was so, I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I had, I paid $80 in gas fees. I was like, what did I just pay for? I don't know, but I'm paying $80. That's like Um, whatever now. (laughs) <laughs> right now it's now it's like $80. Thank the Lord. Yeah, um, deal. And, so, <laughs> and, and, and I found him on Twitter, excuse me, on Instagram. And we started the relationship. Like I still talk to him to this day because my whole thing is I, I want to uplift the people whose NFTs that I buy, because mm-hmm. as my social currency grows, I want theirs too, because I'm just investing in the things that I invested in. Right. We all go up. Um, so I, the first thing I did was buy and then the second thing I did is because I wanted to know what the experience was, is I, I, I made one. And so my first NFT is called Shameless Bianca. <laughs> nice. um, so, so when I first heard of NFTs, the thing that came out of my mouth was I am an NFT baby. I was like, I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what that means. But that's the first thing I, I thought of. I was like, I am an NFT baby. And so as I kind of sat with that, I was like, you know what, given the nature that this is non-fungible, so you unique one of one, why couldn't a person be an NFT? And so I kind of wanted sure. to flip the script and say, instead of being like an avatar or like a freaking monkey or an ape or a gator, right? I want to be myself an NFT. And so the first NFT I ever created is a gift of me. It's called Shameless Bianca. And the whole concept was like, I'm, I'm literally in front of my apartment like shaking my butt and like laughing and like giggling. And the whole idea is that like my growth over time, I want people through my NFTs, which I'll drop like sporadically in different places to see my growth over time, but ultimately to know that being a woman, being sexual, being feminine, I'm so shameless about that. You're never going to be able to shame me for being exactly who I am, for being this Bitcoin baddie, for being in spaces where people are talking about crazy stuff that I will leave if it gets a little too crazy. But you, you can never, you'll never be able to shame me because I, I, I fully accept that and integrate that into who I am. And I take that as a, as a place of pride. So yeah, the first NFT ever made is called Shameless Bianca. It's on Rarible. Um, it's a little gif. It says shameless at the top. Um, it's still for sale. So, you know, is that right? <laughs> I want to look this up a minute here. I'm curious. Is there uh, just the one piece there? Yeah, it's a one of one. The second one is uh, a Korean pop star, Bianca. Um, and then I have a, a this few, is spelled uh, B-I-J-A-N-C-A, correct? Yes, yes. It's a silent J. My mom did it to me because she wanted me to be unique. <laughs> she always wanted me to be non-fungible. Look yep, at her. Yep. She knew. She's, yeah. She she looked into the future. 
Alright, you know, here's the thing about Rarible. Like, you try to search for something on there, it's terrible. It's impossible to find stuff on Rarible. I know. Okay, I'm just going to Google it. Rarible too, because it looked, the interface, the interface was so beautiful from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, It was sleek. Yeah, I was really like, I thought Rarible was going to take the cake. I, I remember that distinction between looking at Rarible and looking at OpenSea and being like, no, 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 I'm all in on Rarible. It was about, it was about. Um, <laughs> I started on Rarible, actually. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then. Because it was just so easy to use. And, yeah. You know, it was just it like not good. intimidating. Well, and back then you got pretty good like Rarible token rewards. Yes. So, you, you know, Rarity. when I started on it, it was like you'd sell a piece for $400 or whatever. And you'd get like $400 of Rarible tokens for yeah. the sale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas now it's like a fraction of a. Right. It's a like not a... Or whatever it's called. Yeah. Oh, it's wait. Here it is. Here it is. I found it. Ah! Do you see it? <laughs> I see it. I see it. <laughs> this is in front of your apartment or something? Yeah, this is right in front of my building in Miami. Nice. I know. Okay. Oh, you have a few pieces here. Yeah, the Korean pop star Bianca. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Very That's nice. <laughs> awesome. 10 yeah. ETH. Whoa. Wait, is it serious? I put it at 10 For the ETH. Korean pop star, you have it at 10 <laughs> ETH. <laughs> Look at me, wild. Ah, leave it, leave it at Denny. You I know, love me. You I never love know. That. that is the wildest thing. Why not? Why not? Singing Why in not? the shower, yeah. <laughs> so you minted this. Let's see. Um, My first okay. one. Um, Twenty twenty-one. Yeah, the yeah, shameless yeah. Bianca was minted in. Uh, I think it was April. Okay, I'm looking. <laughs> yeah, uh, January, March. March 13, 2021. March 13th. There you go. There it is. <laughs> That's awesome. So you think, yeah. you know, you might add, oh, you got a drunk ass dino. Oh, I have, yeah. Pick oh, one. I got a bunch of weird stuff. Come on. <laughs> I picked, I picked, I picked oh. one of those up the other day, actually. I just thought they were funny. It was it was so. a free mint. So I was like, why not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a yeah, free, yeah. Listen to this. I love, this is why I love the NFT. It was a free mint. So I minted five. I spent like $75 on gas. I went around and I, I, I um, put one up for sale for 0.08 and someone mm -hmm. took it. So I made all my money back plus gains and go. I still have four left. So come on. There now. you go. It's the way come to do on. it. Smart. All right. So you know what? I need you. You do this all the time. I'm sure. Drop some alpha on my show here. Give me, give me some, you know, what's the next big thing coming out here? You, I'm sure you know something. So I'm, I'm not, a, I am such a technology maxi, right? So I love mm -hmm. the, the underlying technology. And so I truly and genuinely believe that these are these projects are all built on hype cycles. They're all derivatives. Everyone's sure. trying to do an ape. It, it makes no sense. It's nothing unique or special. But for a quick flip, super fun. Love it. Some projects are going to have longevity. Um, those projects come like ramp up really quickly now because there's a lot of money funneling towards them. But what I'm super bullish on is the projects that surround themselves with NFTs. So we have Uniquely, which is digital wearables. Chris was on my stage at DecentralCon and um, he's, he was wearing head to toe his NFTs on physical objects. You could take your phone, <clears throat> excuse me, you could take your phone, you could scan it and you would get all the blockchain metadata from this cloak, from the clothes that he's wearing that says that he owns this NFT and he owns these clothes. It was so cool. It's such a technology that he can sell. Like, I mean, that is going to be a company that he can sell to Adidas, right? That's going to be a company he can sell to Nike. Like it's it, it, the, the, the applications of, of being able to like white label your clothes, mm -hmm. white label your NFTs that you own, um, and then wear them and then showcase that you, you own them on the blockchain is like, I mean, if you're not investing in that idea and he already has a viable project, then you're sleeping because some big company is going to purchase him very quick. Um, there's Charge Particles, DeFi NFT on Twitter. And Charge Particles allows you to put um, assets inside an NFT. So right now they do vest, right, right now their big thing is like vesting um, uh, uh, vesting tokens. So what you can do is you can put tokens inside your NFT that have a time in which they will be allowed, you'll, you'll be allowed to access them. And so you can trade this NFT on and off with something inside of it that at a certain time, maybe you're the owner of it, you can, um, open that NFT and then, excuse me, <coughs> Ooh, talking too much. It's all the dust from the leaf, leaf blowing. It's the leaf blower. He did it to me. 
Um, I'm crying. I'm like, I love these products so much. I'm crying. <laughs> no, but I love, I love the idea of being able to put an asset inside of an NFT. And you can actually, you can actually use this protocol right now. DeFi NFT um, charge particles. You can actually use this protocol right now and sell your NFTs on OpenSea. Mind you, when regulation comes, what does this mean? I don't know. It's going to be complicated because this is clearly, it's looking a lot like a security. Um, yep. But I love the idea of being like, like imagine like, this is why I love it so much. And I'll try and be brief because I get super excited about, uh, about this particular protocol. Um, imagine you have a music NFT and then inside you could put special content of like the making of that music. So you can only unlock the special content if you have the NFT. So now I've got my favorite artist's NFT and I hear this song that he has, but now I get to see how the song is made inside of it. That just makes it so much more valuable. There's so much layers that you can put in it. So the next, the next product is um, Nansen AI, and that is uh, just a, a, a crypto and NFT tracking um, platform. But what they do is they allow you to have like NFT whale watchers. They just, it, it's just a super seamless platform. It's really easy to use and you can watch the whales. You can see what's happening. And, and like I said, in this pump and dump cycle of NFTs, uh, if you really want to flip and make money easily, you just have to watch the whales and see what they're buying. Right, but long-term, right. these are the products that are going to have like lasting effect. You know, it's funny what you, when you mentioned that uniquely one, I think about the coin network and I think, wouldn't that be interesting to have some kind of element of attention tracking tied into that? That'd be kind of, because, well, with the coin network being that it, it uses uh, proof of real traffic as your mm -hmm. way of rewarding tokens, if you could tie that into something that you're okay. I'm literally, no, I'm literally crying. <laughs> you know what you get a tickle though? And like... <laughs> I do. I do. Go ahead. Take a, take a little break. If you do. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, I so love emotional. it. No, so much. Like, I just like love NFTs so much. Like I can't. No, I cried no, in I a just, Twitter space. So I can't even make fun of myself. You cried in a Twitter space. Well, wow. I did cry in a Twitter space. So should I ask why, or would that bring up too many emotions? <laughs> no, it was actually, so do, do you want to tell this story? Because I, I do want to hear yeah, yeah. about um, more it. about the coin network and the... Well, the, the, the point I was quickly made, I'll just make it quickly, was the idea that if you were to have, like you said, the uniquely with the actual real life merchandise, when people scan mm -hmm. it, you mm -hmm. could actually have that be an attention tracking uh, a, a piece of the transaction yeah. when exactly. that is scanned by anybody. That would be... And that it, could, it, right? And, and the thing is, is like so many times you'll see someone wearing a cool outfit and you'll be like, oh my mm -hmm. God, where's that outfit from? How did I get that outfit? Sure, so why sure. not implement something like that? That'd be an amazing cross implementation. Yeah, And, and then you, what you part. do is you incentivize promotion, right? Truth, truth. I love that. Um, me crying in a Twitter space. Yeah. <laughs> so what had happened? What had happened was, no. <laughs> um, someone someone tried to clickbait so hard and they said a room they said is Fort ape yacht club racist and this mm -hmm. is a white man so he does a a room and he's like well is it board ape yacht club racist because apes and you know black people and no one was making that association so he brought mm -hmm. that association to the forefront and everyone's like well no because i'm a human being i'm not an ape so it's not obviously there it is end of story and he was like well are you sure because there's a lot of similarity he was just like he was really trying to make people make that association just to be controversial and clickbaity sure uh -huh. he was making he was and then he was he was like bringing in a lot of stuff, stuff about the holocaust that just made no sense he was clearly trying to be sensational and clearly trying to start an issue he was trying to start like sure. a race literally and so after the room there's a whole bunch of rooms that popped up that were like, dude, why was, how did you feel about the room? There's rooms about how did you feel about the rooms? <laughs> so I'm in a room about how do you feel about the rooms? I didn't even catch the first one. So the, all of, all that I just said was just secondhand information, but a lot of people said the similar thing. So I can pretty much imagine that that's how it went. So in the second room where people were telling me what had happened, we were having a really, we were having an actual dialogue about this, right? Like, okay, what are the, how are, how are we feeling about race? And, and the thing is this man came up and he had a project that was really controversial. It was called like 
jungle fever, jungle something. I don't, I, I kind of don't even want to promote it, but because what had, his dad had done in the seventies was make these really intense cartoons about black people and race and white people. And I guess the, the concept behind it was to raise awareness on how, how black people were being treated. Okay. But the cartoons and the dialogue didn't really reflect that. <clears throat> and so on this project, his dad was the artist. And so we had him up and we were like, yo, this doesn't seem quite right. It seems like what he did in the past, even though in the past it might've been considered okay, it doesn't seem quite right. Like, is he sorry? And he was like, well, no, he's not sorry. And he's also 80, so he can't talk. And so in summary, what happened is that we had a productive conversation where everyone was disagreeing. We were all disagreeing, but sure. we were all respectful. <coughs> I'm crying again. But we were all respectful and we were all like the conversation pushed forward, even though no one changed their opinions. And I just got emotional because I was like, considering where we were in 2020 to be here right now on a Twitter space and talking about controversial topics, but still being respectful, but still giving everyone a chance to speak, letting people's actions show more than us like being degrading. I just got really emotional and I was like, this is really beautiful. And I'm really grateful to be a part of this. And I'm, and I'm really grateful to be part of a group of women who are hosting it because I think that that was really important. It was really important that it was, it was us women up there who are moderating it because we were allowing for people to say what they wanted to say and, and, and we weren't having an aggressive approach. Not to say that women aren't aggressive and all men are aggressive, but generally we were allowing people to say what they wanted to say, to express themselves. We were having an opinion and making sure that people knew that we disagreed, but it was a, it was a productive conversation and it just made me emotional. I really loved it. So I was like crying. I got a lot of it's good something feedback. We lose sight of a lot of the time, right? We we're, we're so quick to get angry. Yeah. rather than talk and listen to each other exactly yeah. Hmm. yeah wow well uh you know that's that's awesome so you've got this nft time show happening what else are uh you uh busy working on these days so i'm going to be hosting a um <clears throat> two classes back in um november i was hosting nft 101 which is an onboarding class via zoom okay. literally basics giving some vocab on blockchain and then taking people through downloading a wallet, downloading an exchange, transitioning, buying coins, transitioning those coins from, from the exchange to the wallet, literally setting up people to be able to um, transact in the NFT marketplace. So I'll be doing those classes again, twice a week, NFT 101, that'll be like a series. I'll start with just the basics and then we can go and move from there. Uh, I will be doing events again. Um, I was hosting NF Thursdays here in Miami, which was weekly events on Thursdays. And, uh, and I'll be doing my own events now. Um, NFT time, that'll be. And I want them to be sexy and fun and mixer. I want to bring out a lot of women and make sure that they feel comfortable um, being a part of this because a lot of it was a lot of men um, in the beginning. Sure. And mm -hmm. Also, there also with with my former um, events, we weren't really we were just kind of bringing people together and letting them have organic conversations, which was beautiful. But I really with my events, I'm really interested in actually teaching people about NFTs, um, having NFT sponsors. So letting them showcase, OK, this is my project. This is what about this is why you should be a part of it. Having your um, uh, NFT panels uh, really, I, I really I, I I'm really excited about educating people on nfts and for me it's not how to make money how to flip it's what does it mean to be uh what does it mean to be a part of the nft community what does it mean what does an nft mean and what is blockchain those are the three core things that i i um, find to be extremely powerful and i want to embed into anything that i'm doing so that's the live events um the teaching and then uh I'm hosting, just hosting events that aren't mine around the city that have anything to do with blockchain and, and um, NFTs. So that's what I'm up to. Awesome. So you've made this your full-time gig then. You're oh, just... I'm a hundred. I'm all in. I'm all in, yeah, baby. Yeah. All yeah. the freaking. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining me. Um, hope that your cough goes away. Oh my gosh. Thanks for letting me cry. <laughs> and you yeah, I look forward to, sorry, go ahead. I hope my cough goes away like the leaf blower went away. It did go away, actually. I think I only heard it, it once in the whole show. 
he left. He said, bye-bye. <laughs> it's 320. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his time. 3 to 320. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I uh, wish you all the best with these uh, events and Twitter spaces going on with uh, Gokstein Media. That's yeah, cool. 7 p.m. tonight. Yeah. Awesome. Every, How often do you hold those? Wednesday at 7 p.m. So Every Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Okay. And usually is there a specific topic you're doing or is it just general like current events type thing? No, it'll start with the news. It'll start with me mm -hmm. just doing my the the news stories of the day or relevant news stories, things that I think are important for people to know as we're innovating mm -hmm. and in the NFT community. And then there'll be a, a guest, a special guest that I interview that I interview. He talks he or she will talk about their project or projects whatever's happening, there'll be an onboarding element to it where people can know what actual physical steps can I take in order to be a part of this? Because I think that's missing a lot. People aren't telling people, okay, this is now what you do. You go, you click, you upload, you download. Like people aren't saying that. So I want there to be an element of onboarding. And then there's a surprise element on the end. Uh -huh. And think of it like it'll progress over time, but think of it as like a Japanese game show. You never know what you're going to get. And you also <laughs> have no idea what you're watching. So <laughs> that'll be the, that'll be the rounder. It'll be That's an hour awesome. long, 7 p.m. Eastern time every Wednesday. Awesome. You know, it's funny, David Gokstein, I actually did a piece on Known Origin with him. Cool. I don't know if you knew that. It was like a year ago. And it was funny because we did it as a joke on the John Wick movie, you know, Keanu Reeves. Okay, yeah. yeah. Where I took his face and I put him in that scene instead of <laughs> Which Keanu one? Reeves. Uh, where it's like the John Wick post movie poster. Okay. But he, he looks a lot like Keanu Reeves in some of his pictures, okay? And so I did that. And Lionsgate, I think, is the company. Who is yeah. it that's, I think it was them. They actually ordered a cease and desist on it. I think they thought, <laughs> was, I think they thought it was just a bad drawing of Keanu Reeves. No. <laughs> I'm like, this is a parody. It's clearly not yeah. John Wick. That's but I, funny. I, Look so, at you making waves. You're getting legal yeah. action taken against I know. you. Well, it just it just got <laughs> taken down. I just that, that was the end of it basically. So I, like I just that. thought it was funny. But yeah. That I was like back that. when he was just new into NFTs, actually. He was talking with he was he was like, you can just like mint this and then like sell it and what that's so yeah. awesome. And he was just learning about it. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. But anyway, so say hi to him for me. I will. I'll say hello. <laughs> right on. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you. This was so fun. I loved it. Good luck to you and all your future endeavors. You're going to get a lot of for attention, sure. a lot of tokens for that attention. Hope so. I love it. <laughs> right on. Okay, take care. Bye, Tom. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.